you open your Bibles this morning to Psalm 145. Now, we're going to start in Hebrews, but it's only one verse, but I want you to jump ahead to Psalm 145. We'll spend a little bit more time there. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to your word today, open our eyes that we might see clearly that your spirit would descend upon us and give us understanding as to what you call us to do. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 13, verse 16, And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Now, you're over in Psalm 145. To sum up, basically the entire section of Hebrews here that we're faced with is God wants particular sacrifices from us. Now, this was good language for those who were receiving this letter, the the Hebrews, because they had come out of Judaism, become Christians, and uh, some of them were struggling, maybe with uh, the persecution and maybe wanting to go back to Judaism and, and get away from the persecution that they faced. So the words of sacrifice would be common uh, to their understanding and common to their heritage. And as they came to this new covenant, this covenant in Jesus Christ, it's probably a question, well, what sacrifices does God want from us now? Well, the sacrifices that God wants from us now are sacrifices, as an example, from our lips, our praise, the sacrifice of praise. That brings us to Psalm 145, starting in verse 1. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and highly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of thy majesty and on thy wonderful works I will meditate. And men shall speak of the power of thine awesome acts and I will tell of thy greatness. And now down to verse 9. The Lord is good to all and his mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall give thanks to thee, O Lord, and thy godly ones shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. This is an example of the words of praise that our Heavenly Father wants from us. It is a sacrifice of praise. Perhaps you've heard that phrase before and wondered, well, what is that, a sacrifice of praise? It is the words of our mouths that give praise and declare simply what God is, what his works are, how he acts in this world. These are the things of our Heavenly Father. So as we look at this, what kind of works the Lord wants from us, we see as an example a sacrifice of praise. A second example would be from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We read it earlier together uh, from our worship folder. This is one of the sacrifices the Lord wants. Now understand, the Jews came out and the sac- to have a sacrifice, what do you have to have? Usually the lamb got it right about here, okay, the shedding of blood, okay? You had to have a death to have a sacrifice. But Christ 
has been the once for all sacrifice. So how can we offer our bodies as sacrifices to God without death? Paul makes it very clear in Romans chapter 12. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Our bodies are living sacrifices. It is the living out the conforming of our minds to the word of God, being transformed by the word of God, and living that out in daily life. That's a second sacrifice that the Lord wants from us. We see in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul writes about the Corinthians and what they did. He said they first offered themselves to God. Before they offered any givings, any tithes, any offerings, they offered themselves to God. They had formerly served sin, formerly been bound by those chains, and now they were clearly belonging to the Lord. They had been set free of all that held them to this world. Christ gave his life for them. They understood that. They enjoyed that forgiveness, and then they offered their whole beings, all that they were, to the Lord. Now this brings us to the particular type of sacrifice that we see in Hebrews Chapter 13, verse 6. 16. Do not neglect doing good and sharing for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Now we've seen the sacrifice of praise. We've seen the sacrifice, a living sacrifice with our bodies. But what about this? Doing good, sharing with what you have. Now... Before we get into that, let's, let's review a little bit and make sure that we understand that when Scripture calls us to do good and to do good deeds, those deeds are not designed to get us in good with God. They are designed to reflect what God has already accomplished in our lives. Now, you understand that the Jews understood this uh, from, from the Old Testament. They liked works. They understood works. They felt if they did their lives, uh, if they lived their lives in obedience to God's word, if they lived in obedience to the law, the more they obeyed the law, the more they, in a sense, were righteous. And that's, you see, how easily that can um, turn into legalism. How easily it can be that the Pharisee says, I pray, you know, uh, uh, three times a week and I fast twice a week, you know, and I'm not like that man Okay, the tax gatherer over there. Uh, how easily it could be to be proud because you worked so hard and you were so righteous because of your own works. We understand that when Christ comes into your life, you are no longer working to, in a sense, work your way into good standing with our Heavenly Father. Christ comes. He wipes out sin. And now those works, Ephesians 2, which were prepared before the foundations of the earth to do in Christ Jesus, those are the things that we do to give him glory, to give him praise, that our lives might be lived in obedience to demonstrate what he has done in our lives. This is the function of good works. Remember, Scripture calls our good works filthy rags if we are attempting to earn our way into heaven because of our works. The way to heaven is only through Christ. 
It is his work because his work was perfect. Remember, we serve a perfect God, and he would demand from us perfect works if we were to stand in his presence on our own efforts, and none of us can provide those perfect works. Now, do what is good, share what you have. This is one of the offerings or sacrifices that we can make to the Lord. Now, I'll bypass the obvious application of sharing our material things. Okay? I think we've just come through you know, you know, a, a pledge campaign. We all understand that the Lord blesses us and expects us to use things for his glory. And if you don't use those blessings to serve the Lord, then he's going to bless somebody else and, and move on. So you know, that's kind of uh, self-evident for us here, in, uh, given our past history these last couple months. But what I'm going to apply here, share what you have. Share what you have. What's the most important thing that you have? Okay, this is the kid's sermon question. Uh, You're thinking, the kid says, well, it sounds like a bunny rabbit, but I know the answer has to be Jesus. Okay? The answer is Jesus to this one. What's the most important thing you have? Jesus Christ. What has he done in your life? If you're a believer, he has completely changed you. What you used to be is gone. You stand in the presence of the Lord, and he sees you through the work of Christ. You have been washed by his blood, cleansed by his blood. You stand not in your own work, but in his. It's the most important thing that you have. Share what you have. If someone sharing our faith, okay, evangelism. There are two reasons why I'm I'm convinced as I've seen things over the years that people do not share their faith. One is they don't have anything to share. Two, they don't know how. You either don't have anything to share or you don't really know how to share it. And it is no great mystery, and we're going to reveal that today, how easy it is simply to share your faith. You'll notice that I did not say because it scares the bejeebers out of me uh, to share my faith. Hmm, I understand. I've been there. I have stood in front of people attempting to share my faith almost paralyzed by fear. And why in the world would we be afraid to share what it is that we know to be true? If the Lord has come in our lives and completely cleansed us of our sin and the Holy Spirit indwells in us with power, who should we fear? You might fear the dentist. You might fear public speaking. But you shouldn't fear sharing what the Lord has done in your life. Okay? Well, Rand, I'm also afraid of rejection. Okay? Because we all like to be liked. I mean, who likes to go hang out with their friends and, and be rejected, to be isolated within them? Who likes to go and, and meet with a group of people and suddenly bring up the two forbidden topics in polite conversation, religion and politics? Okay? You might be isolated. You might go in and stir the pot. I know there are some people who like to stir the pot. Okay? And, and, and maybe you really enjoy that, but most people try to avoid confrontation. They try to uh, you know, be liked. And when you bring up religion, you will separate families. You will separate father and son. You will separate mother and daughter. But the alternative to that is being silent and knowing that we have the answer to what our friends, what our families, what those people that we come in contact so desperately seek. That their lives are empty. They might not fully understand it, but if they do not have Christ, they do not have that relationship for which they were created. They do not know about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. 
And for us to remain silent about that, when we have the answer, it's like I walk by your house and I see it's on fire and I think, maybe they like to burn, okay? Who am I to knock on the door and tell them that their house is on fire? I mean, I seem to be the only one who understands that their house is burning and if I don't get them out of that house, if I don't communicate to them that it's burning, they're going to burn up. There are other people walking by. They don't seem to care. It's that way with faith. We have the answer that they seek. The only answer. The only answer. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through him. There are a lot of other places out there that will help people, that will be kind to them, as believers are supposed to be, but they do not have the answer for what really really people seek in their hearts. The Lord has chosen in his perfect providence the likes of us to communicate this gospel. If he has saved you, if he has changed your heart, then you have something to share. You have something to share. Okay, Rand, how do I share? Okay, how do I share? I will give you the simplest method of sharing your faith, the very simplest method. First, look for opportunities in everyday life. People will talk to you about their pain. They will talk to you in common conversation about areas of their lives where they are missing something, areas of their lives where they sense to be unfulfilled, areas of their lives where they are striving for things that they simply can't seem to grasp if we listen, if we let them talk, if we aren't simply waiting for them to, to end their conversation so we can jump in with what we want to say. We need to draw them out. It's surprising most people like to talk about themselves given the chance. There are those of us who don't mind sitting and be silent, but there are plenty of people who like to talk and will reveal themselves and their deepest needs to you if you're really listening. Second, if you're listening and you sense an opportunity, perhaps somebody has opened the door to a need that they have or a desire or a longing that seems to be unfulfilled, You, you go to the Lord and you pray for courage, you pray for the right words, you pray that you would share them in a compassionate way. And third, you'd be ready to share what the Lord has done in your own life. Reflect on the things that the Lord has done. If you are a believer and he has saved you, then you went from being an enemy of God to being a child of God. How did that happen in your life? So often we call this your personal testimony. It's important. It's not the most important thing, but it's important that you understand what the Lord has done in your life, and you can put that into words. Very simply, you should have an elevator version of what the Lord has done in your life. You're going from the first floor to the tenth floor, okay? and they're going to make three stops, and you're going to share your faith in those 30 seconds. Do you have a 30-second version of what the Lord has done? Do you have a coffee version of five or ten minutes? Do you have a longer version that you can elaborate on some more particulars about what the Lord has done in your life? If you don't like the product, how would you sell it? If the product you want to communicate to others is very important, but you don't use it yourself, you will have no passion for it. If you can see what the Lord has done and you are excited about him working in your life on a regular basis, you will share it with excitement. Now, understand, it is not your business to convince anybody. 
It is not your business to be so persuasive that they throw up their hands and say, you know what, you have been so good and your argument is so tight and I am so convinced because of what you have done that I will believe today. That is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to share what we know, to share it clearly, to share it concisely, to share it in a fashion that can be understood. And whose job is it to provide the conversion? It is the job of the Holy Spirit. Okay? He convicts. He brings the power to believe. Fourth, share the word. Well, Rand, what, what passages would I share? Ah, okay. As easy as it comes. And, and you've probably heard this before. It's the Roman road. I mean, I learned this when I was, you know, in Sunday school years and years ago. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you're in a conversation with someone and, and they really won't know why they need to understand Jesus. They won't understand why they have to believe until they understand that there's sin in their life. For all have sinned. Every one of us has sinned in our lives. We fall short of the glory of God. We do not measure up to what God expects. Chapter 6, verse 23. The wages of that sin is death. Everyone whose life has been touched by sin, our nature has been changed because of the fall. We are touched by sin. The wages of that sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. It comes from God. Chapter 5, verse 8. When did Christ die for us? While we were still sinners. He didn't wait for us to get cleaned up because we couldn't. Imagine, you're in a car accident. There you are on the side of 565. You're sitting next to your mangled car, and, and you're all bloody and broken up, and the ambulance shows up, and you say, wait a minute, guys, let me, get, let me get cleaned up before you take me to the hospital. I'd hate for the doctors to see me all mangled. Okay? It doesn't happen that way. Okay? You can't get cleaned up, and then Christ will love you. He died for you while you were still in your sin. Chapter 3, verse 28. We maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works. We know from Ephesians chapter 2, faith is a gift that is given to us by our Heavenly Father. Chapter 10 of Romans, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you can confess because Christ has given you the faith, confess with your mouth and you have believed in your heart, you will be saved. Very simple. You put those verses in your mind. You memorize them. You have the opportunity when that door opens. You can not only share what God has done in your life, you can share what his word says. Now, that was the how-to. The second issue. Maybe you've never shared your faith because you don't have any. It's not uncommon for people not to know what they don't have. Not to know what they don't have. Oh, Rand, I've been in church all my life. Of course I believe in Jesus. But a lot of people believe Jesus. But their hearts have never been changed. They've never confessed their sin. They've never come to the Lord and laid themselves out before the Lord and said, I am completely yours. Dr. Frank Kick was a seminary professor I had, and he was a pastor at a large church in Kansas church known for its commitment to missions, commitment to ministry, did a lot of things. When he arrived there at his first session meeting, he, he's telling me this story in class. He said, I walked out of that session meeting knowing that at least half the elders were not Christians. 
This was a big church. There were 24 elders. Okay, that's 12 elders, were, at least, were not believers. And these were the men and, and women who had been in leadership for years and years. He said it was just clearly laid out for me that they were not. So for the next six months, I began to pray. And I began to preach the plain gospel of Jesus Christ. The first elder who gave his life to Christ was the clerk. He was a man about 70, one of the most respected men in the church. He was up in the balcony. He says, I began to preach. I saw him get up and and walk. I thought, oh, he's walking out. I've offended him. And then he got to the back there, and he began to come down the aisle. And Frank said, you know, after worship, he said, what were you thinking? He said, I I wasn't thinking anything. I didn't care what anybody thought of me. You know, oh, the clerk session, what's he doing? Why is he walking down in the middle of the service? Is there something wrong? Is there an emergency? No. The Holy Spirit had come upon me, he said, and I was convicted that I had not professed faith in Jesus Christ. That I was just a good church member. And I didn't really believe. He said, I had to come down. I had to be on my knees before the Lord and receive Christ as my Savior. He said, in the next six months, Dr. Kick said, all 12 of the elders came forward. Why? Well, they, they thought they were Christians, but they had not really understood the gospel. One of the sacrifices that we can give to the Lord is to share what is most important to us with those who are so desperately in need, and that is Jesus Christ. Search your hearts this morning, my friends. Do you have something to share? If you don't, then today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day that the Lord is speaking to you and say, I must confess my sin and receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. If you have already done that, then it is simply the job of every believer to share what we know to be true in our own lives and know to be true from the word of God. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today and your word is clear. Do good, share what you have. As believers, we are called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have taken these vessels, these clay pots that we are, and into it you have poured this great ministry. Into it you have poured this great opportunity to take what has happened in our lives and to share it. Perhaps, Lord, there are people here today who have thought they've had this. They thought they understood, but yet they have not. And today you have opened their eyes, and it is now time to confess Christ as Lord and Savior, to repent and say, I want all of Christ. I want him to cleanse me of my sin, to wash me in his blood, that my life might be completely and totally devoted to him, that I might know the joys that come in the Christian life, the power available through the Holy Spirit, the peace that passes understanding, the grace that saves, the strength to endure. Lord, fix upon our hearts this great call of Christ that we may live him out in all that we do and say. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand and sing our hymn 679, Eternal Father, Strong to Save, 679.